Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Everybody, it's Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, and you're listening to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. And out in the night owl, you're tuned in to Wrestle Talk. 657-383-1521. We'll be discussing WWE, NXT, Lucha Underground, ROH, Fantasy Wrestling, and we'll have some of the best damn interviews from professional and independent wrestling that you've ever heard. And I'm Joe Lance. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle your seatbelts, keep your arms in the vehicle at all times. Wrestle Talk begins in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. I am the maestro, Jeremy Carp. Hope you have had a wonderful last week, and we wish you a happy early Thanksgiving. We have a lot in store for tonight's show. We have the simply splendid Bobby C on, as well as one of the most Wonderful figures in the history of wrestling, Herb Simmons. We will look forward to both of them. But okay, hold on. I'm not going to be doing this show alone. Oh, uh oh. Hold on. You have Herb Simmons oh, coming on this show, and you just all you have to say is he's wonderful. You well, I was going to let done? you hype up half of it too, Drake. Oh, okay, fair enough. I'll let you keep going. I mean, I had a, I had the intro ready for you. I mean, do you want me to continue with the, the intro for you? It's your call. Yeah, I might as well. Keep going. Okay. I'll do my best on this one. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, he is the voice of Dynamo Pro Wrestling. He is the voice of Missouri Wrestling. Hell, in my opinion, he's the voice of Midwest Wrestling. It is my pleasure to introduce the co-host of the WrestleTalk podcast tonight with me. Back in it and better than ever, ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Drake Lee. I mean, come on. It doesn't get any better than that, Jeremy. I mean, in the span, uh, uh, come on, talking about wrestling entrance music, what, mine's better than everybody else's. Fact? Second to none. Why, actually, technically first to none because you are at the top. I, I'm giving you that one. That's that's right. So, real quick, I am trying to figure out this Facebook Live and how we're going to do it tonight because 
you know, may or may not have had a little bit of a meltdown this week, fired a couple of people, but we're going to figure it out. We're going to hire new people, and uh, we'll go from there, okay? So. All right. That's how we do but, it. The but, show but, always goes on. But Well, that's right. But first of all, can we just acknowledge something real quick? One, two, three weeks in a row. Drake Lee has graced the presence of the WrestleTalk family. And let's be honest, Jeremy, it doesn't get much better than that now. Come on. Al Snow's interview was awesome. David Buckler, David Buckley was awesome. Uh, it, it, I mean, come on. It doesn't get much better than that. They said the ratings were great. I haven't seen them. We've had some technical difficulties some of those times. So, uh, you know, you, you never know. But but for the most part, great stuff. You know, in all honesty, I'm just amazed that we're still not interviewing Evan Ginsberg. I was just so enamored in that interview. I mean, wow. So, but once again, yeah, that was yet another wonderful interview that you, of course, were the lead of. Yeah, three weeks in a row, man. That's some high-quality stuff right there. I know. It doesn't get much better. I mean, how grateful should the family be right now? I mean, I don't know if they just got to keep putting me on to, you know, that way they can make sense of paying me so much. I I don't know. I I really don't. But it's just great. So let's get started. Jeremy, what are we we going into first? Well – I think if before we even begin the a lot we have a lot to talk about tonight. So before we start that though, I think we have to ask everybody to stand up, remove their oh, caps. No. I know, I know, this and version. honor and honor the greatest country on this planet, and that's America. Damn it! Oh. I just want to throw out there, we all love the, you know, national anthem, but come on. I thought we could, I thought my, my, my memos got read and, you know, we were going to do a different one. You know, the version I recorded, which by the way, like I've been telling people, they said was better than Whitney Houston's. It's true. It's true. But, but, you know, I, and you even did the, that's America, damn it. Oh, oh, oh. You promised me a little bonus money incentive if I did that. So, I mean, come on. I had to take it. Obviously, my salary is not going to meet your salary, so I had to get the bonus incentives however I could. That's true. That is true. I, w- I will give you that without a doubt. But anyway, so, honestly, in the world of wrestling, we've had quite a week, wouldn't you say? What happened? Well, I mean, after 30 oh, years. I know, what, I know what happened. It's been a busy week. Come on. Come on, Jeremy. The Undertaker said farewell. Well, yes. You know, you're going to let me tear into you like that? Come on. Come on. All right. What do you have? 
No, I want to talk about The Undertaker. I was just saying, you know, of course it's been a busy week. We all seen it. I, I know that, you know, sometimes I'm a little quick-witted. You know, I'm sometimes I'm quickly-witted, they say. And, you know, fire it really back, you know, really quickly. But, you know, don't take it from me. I, I was expecting something, you know. I need some excitement in my life, Jeremy. Everything's going too well. Yeah, I I totally get you. So before we talk about the Undertaker's final farewell, I think it's time we introduce the High Spot segment music. Welcome to the High Spot segment here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. Now we are really cooking. So, as Drake and I were just talking about, on Sunday at WWE Survivor Series, not only did it mark the 30th anniversary of The Undertaker's debut, but it officially and unquivocally closed the chapter on one of the greatest careers in the history of our industry. Drake, what did you think of the final farewell? So do you want me to make people angry now, or do you want to go first? I want you to start. I don't want you to get them angry now because maybe I'll be able to cool them off. I feel okay, like you really are a good tone setter. <laughs> I don't know how I'll be on this one because this one might be a little... Okay, Jeremy, let's talk about this. We're going to go into what a new segment, brand new, just invented it called Drake Lee School of Business 101, okay? Not the wrestling business. We're talking actual business, okay? So corporate structure business. business. Yeah, money business. Know a little bit about that, right? So anyway, oh, yeah. we, we have something where Undertaker's been there for 30 years, okay? 30 years. And the money that could have been there to build something – and to actually get the reaction, because he didn't need to go out and have another match again, but to just get that, you know, live reaction, because let's be honest, dude, the, the, the computer screens in front of everything just take away, and they blacked it out, and there was no fans. And I get it where some people are going, well, he's going into, you know, out alone, and I, I get it. But at the end of the day, the money would have been, you see the sad faces, the people crying, and maybe potentially that's when you do, you know, the, the pop-in from such and such to, you know, send him off or to, to build something else if you wanted to get one last one out of him because I know people were talking about it. But, I mean, this one was just – it was just dull. And then I didn't understand, for the most part, why we had a group – you know, all the guys out there, and then all of a sudden they're gone. Like, like what happened to them? Did, you know what I'm saying? What what happened to them, Jeremy? I'm asking a question. Like, I really don't know. Uh, you know, it, it is – I, I don't even have an answer for that one. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I agree with the stake of the, the Thunderdome thing, as they like to call it. I mean, obviously, this is something. It's 30 years. To wrestle for 30 years is just unbelievable in of itself. So I totally agree in the sense that when his career is, at least in the wrestling business case, maybe not the money business case, coming to a close, you have a bunch of computer screens saying goodbye. Well, I should say the computer screens in Savio Vega, but that's beside the point. Um, and it's like, I feel like, and it's unfortunate that 
you know, the pandemic has prevented live fans from being there to truly give him the send-off that he does deserve. I mean, talk about a guy who's been loyal to one company for so long, and to see him just have to be all around those computer screens as his final farewell. I mean, remember when he lost to Roman Reigns at WrestleMania? He put his cap, his his you know attire, everything in the ring, and walked away. You know, kissed his wife and kids. That right there would have been the perfect final farewell. But instead, nope, we're just going to have it in front of a bunch of digital screens and, you know, kind of fill it in to close the show. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it, yeah. It, so, I mean, real quick, just to, you know, I get I get where he's at, though, with, with the Roman thing because that was that was something, and he shouldn't have really been in there. He's addressed that. and, and But it, but it's, who, who am I to say, first of all? Who are we all to say? But let, let's be honest, though. I mean, the Paul, you know, Paul Bear thing was great. I feel like they could have done that with a live crowd, too. Um, it doesn't seem like that would be too hard of a, a thing to do. Yeah, that's great. But but so you have something you could have made a really big deal. And my thinking is we got a vaccine coming out. Things potentially could look better next year. We don't know where they're going to be at next year, but we don't know. We could be back to having some type of capacity and, uh, you know, maybe not at WrestleMania, but maybe, a you know, SummerSlam or something like that. So, you, you build something towards towards that and have that be the last farewell because he's not doesn't mean he goes out and have a match. You just you know do make it bigger than what it was because that was just like I don't know if you were like this but I'm going okay okay Bray hasn't been on this pay per view where is he at he's coming or this isn't it because it just didn't seem like that but but real quick Vince saying WWF did the Panda people sue him yet? Um, I heard they are filing the paperwork as we are doing the show, believe it or not. <laughs> no kidding. Don't, don't, don't you put one over on me. I'm believing you. I would. Okay. I would, would you even be surprised though? I mean, come on. Hold on. No, 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 no. So you can't, you can't do that. You, you, were you lying is my question. Speculating. You were speculating. See, Jeremy, come on now. Sticking up for my wrestle talk people here. They don't want you to speculate. They want the real stuff. All right, here's the real stuff. I get. I'm here's the real stuff. The panda people were probably pissed off, but after they reached another settlement a few years ago, I don't think they're going to do anything about it. Fair. That's my honest I, I opinion. On that's that's my honest belief. I honestly can see them being because. I mean, they had to have been pissed off for all these losses to happen the first two times, so who's to say they aren't this time around? That said, I highly doubt there's going to be any type of legal action because um, it's it's really not worth the time. I just know wrestling Twitter went all ballistic over hearing Vince actually say WWF. Which yeah, I so that really means like five people. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm really under the impression that Wrestling Twitter is just five people with 100,000 different accounts. Yeah, they probably are. I mean, they – and, and the bandwagon is getting sick of them hopping on and off so many times. Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know. But let's, let's move on, okay? So, you, you know, we, we kind of both agree on Taker. So that's, that's kind of nice. We're starting off on the right foot, you know. You haven't angered me yet. That's good. So, well, did you see, right? 
Did you see the Broken Skull Session Part 2, the one more round? Um, I have not quite yet. Tell me a little bit more about that. What? What? Come on. I have not gotten to it yet, Drake. Come on. <laughs> okay, Jeremy, let's let's have Drake save you again. Okay. Oh, so Jesus. this was it, it. Really was good. So it it was Steve Austin Undertaker. Really, I, I think this one he got to open up a little bit more. I, I don't know if he became more comfortable with doing it. Um, they they broke down a lot of really cool things. So um, when I was watching it, to hear uh, you know him talk about his first match and you know where it was at being in Illinois and and. and just to hear like ins and outs and things like that, how he was with, um, you know, BSK and, and just some of the different stories and the road stories. I don't want to spoil it for anyone because it really is. It's, it's something that it, it, it's one of those things, like we always talk about, they do such a good job with uh, documentaries and, and any type of non-relatable wrestling content, you know, I mean, I guess you can call this yeah. relatable, but non-wrestling content they do so well. And it, it's just, you don't, I don't know. Let me throw a jab out there because I'm being too nice to him. I mean, it's almost like if they could do that with their actual, you know, Raw and SmackDown, we'd be going somewhere, right? Oh, absolutely. Right. So, Jeremy, you have some homework. I'm on it. I wrote it down like, already. I know what to watch. Like, like, like tonight. I'll be checking. I'll be checking. I think the you sure are the Russell talk. You know, to Russell Talk you family. I mean, look at this. To where you will check. I'm just saying. People, you know, they say I'm just a, an asshole. They say I'm, a, you know, just terrible names. I, they, they say such mean things about me. But who's the one that's always prepared, no matter what, and just knows so much? I mean, I mean, I mean, I know you're, you're you keep saying we all we all keep hearing Robert say, you know, and 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 you know, Night Owl and, and, and Nightmare Both. You know, and we always say, well. Well, Jeremy knows so much. He's just an encyclopedia. Well, he's not really prepared today. Didn't talk. You know, I'm just, I'm a little upset. I think I'm going to have to talk to Renee. Yes, because if anybody will agree with you on anything, it's the night owl. He will totally agree with you on anything. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Fair fair enough. If that's the way you want to go with this. But, you know, move on to your high spot. I'm excited. I'm curious. Okay. So this one, I want to see if you heard about. There has been – okay, this one's going to be an easy question, easy peasy for you, Drake. All right. You remember the ECW arena? Yes, and I know what, exactly what you're talking about. Perfect. So for those that don't, there has been a GoFundMe that has been started to save the ECW arena, which is now known as the 2300 Arena out in Philadelphia. It's also been known as Viking Hall, Alhambra Arena. Anyway, unfortunately, because of the pandemic, and, you know, this is something that affects everybody everywhere, the venue can only run at 25% capacity. They were originally just going to ask for $100,000, but they've reduced the GoFundMe to 75000 And... Almost $10,000 has been raised so far through donations, um, and we'll be sure to share with you all the GoFundMe to where you can help donate if you wish. But 
it, it's quite sad it's come to this point because I feel like this is almost kind of the theme for ECW because they were always the little underdog that was always entertaining, pushed the limits, broke so many rules, and yet when it came to finances, they just always struggled. I mean, you know, and, and as the years went on, it became public knowledge that Vince McMahon had a financial interest and agreement with Paul Heyman and ECW, you know, when they had the cross-promotional battles going on. So now we get to this point in time where the historic arena that housed so many hundreds of ECW shows from the nine years it was in existence is now – it's not destituted. I mean it's still frequently used, but just the problem of it is financially it's struggling to survive. And I've been out to Philadelphia, and I've seen the ECW arena, and it's such, and it's so historic just to be in its presence. You think of all the wrestling history that's happened there. You think of all the little concerts, the hardcore Hall of Fame ceremonies. So much history is there, and it's in Philadelphia lore, let alone wrestling lore. So honestly, you know, if you can donate, that's great. I just hope that. This isn't the last we see of the 2300 or the last we see of the ECW arena, if you will. What was your question? My question was, did you know about – do you remember this? Like, do you remember the, the well, yeah, ECW I thought arena? Some, I thought you were going to hit me with some knowledge here. Yeah, okay. So I told I you that, it was an easy question, Drake. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. I expected more out of you, Jeremy. Okay. Well, you know so, what? <laughs> Uh-huh. Anyway, so I think here's what here's best case scenario. Okay, we have a GoFundMe started. Let's hope. Okay, let's hope enough money's raised. And if it's not, even better case scenario for me, it goes under. I buy it, and it's mine. Oh boy. Right? Well, right now, Drake, it is at six thousand six hundred and four dollars. I thought you said ten thousand. I said it was close to ten thousand. Uh oh. Anyway, eighty-one donors, and there's a lot of followers as well. And it's simple. It's just called Help Save Twenty Three Hundred COVID Nineteen Relief Fund. So, there's a giant poster they put about saving the Twenty Three Hundred Arena. And in its own way, I'm actually, I mean, I would say I would like for it to be some type of historic landmark, but I feel like there still has to be more to it for that to happen. But in the world of wrestling, it is definitely historic. Kind of like the Chase Park Plaza is for us in St. Louis. Yeah, I could, oh, I could definitely see that. That's pretty, uh, it's pretty self, you know, it does suck. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I do feel bad for it because let's hope it it gets the money it needs because there's a lot of good memories in there. But Jeremy, what do good things have to do? No, all good things must come to an end at some point. That's right. That's right. Just like gravity, what goes up must come down. And then someone that has money buys it and he starts over. Yeah, I mean, 
And that's probably what will happen with this. I mean, we we don't know what will happen, but like, oh, like we said, all good things oh, look, I, just, I just told you what was going to happen. Well, anything can happen. It's just one of the possibilities. No, no I like told you exactly really, what's going to happen. You can turn it into the Drake Lee Philadelphia branch. Yeah. Well, uh, no, I can't really. So, <laughs> Jeremy, I can't say this stuff yet because, like, I got to wait another month until January. But uh, I will, um, at one point in time, be expanding a, a company. And yes, it, it could definitely very well be something relatable to what I'm doing. So it might be a good idea. I don't know. I think it might be better just to tear the damn thing down and rebuild because it, it chalks a lot less. Sometimes that's actually a lot of times actually that's how it is. You know, some things are just so broken down, and you do just got like you said, you just got to tear it down, start all over. You know, repair costs are not cheap. You know, no, they and really think are about not. This. Think about this. Then you got to grease the local politicians, okay? Because there's going to be sun and zoning issues that come up no matter what. Even if you tried to, you know, renovate, there's still going to be something because you're going to have to do something special with some type of wire. So it's, it's always going to happen, okay? Then you know, so it's just there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of behind the scenes work that's going to go into that as well. And you're in Philadelphia, okay? Even though you know it's not as prominent, there, there's still some there's still some union delegates out that way, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. You know, it's just simple as that. So, you know, it's a good idea. You know, might just I tear it down, put some tractors over it, make it a parking lot for a couple of months, charge some, you know, charge for parking. Build, you know, I could just do so much. I think I might do that, Jeremy. Good idea. Oh, boy. Folks, what did I just do? Yeah, oh. so whenever Paul Heyman asks why the, the, the arena that he loves so much is now a parking lot, I tell him, like, hey, well, this, you know, my co-host said it'd be a good idea, and you know, I kind of agreed with him, and that's why I did it. Yeah, I, I'm always the middleman in all these things. Yeah. I, hey. Well, if that's exactly what you do, I wish you the best. That's the way I look at it. <laughs> hey, let's just say, I mean, what? I'm just saying, at least you know, you get to be a part of this one because it was your idea. So thank you, Jeremy. That was that was nice of you. I mean, I aim to please, Drake. What can I say? That's right. So what are we talking about next? Well, I want to hear from you. What's a good high spot that you got? <sighs> Let's see. Let's see. There was a couple I wanted to talk about. But the the first one, you know, because there are two kind of just Survivor Series, uh, you know, notes because I, I – I, I liked it, but you know there were some things I didn't like. But what what do you think about? Did you so you watch Survivor Series? At least tell me that, right? Yeah, of course I watched Survivor Series. Okay. Well, don't say of course. You're the one who didn't watch the damn Steve Austin show, and that was right well, that's after exactly the damn why Survivor I'm saying Series. It like that. So you know I'm at least watching something. God. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, okay. So Oscar and Sasha Banks tore the damn house down. Where do they go with it from here? Ooh, I don't know. I mean, uh, this is how I look at it. That was next to the New Day versus the Street Profits. That was the match of the night, in my opinion. Um, I thought it far exceeded 
any expectations, even though we all knew going in it was still going to be a great match. I don't know if there's still going to be cross-branding feuding between Asuka and Sasha Banks. Um, because, I don't know, it, it's quite tricky to think about it. Because right now I feel like the SmackDown Women's Division needs a big boost. And Asuka has plenty of competition for her Women's Championship on Raw. So from here, I don't know if the two are going to face off against each other again anytime soon. What I do know is when they do face off, they put on one hell of a match. Yeah, I guess. You know, I, I was expecting, you know, I'm just saying, I, I, thought, I thought, you know, you were going to hit me with some WrestleMania predictions. I, I thought you were that, you know, you were that on it because, I, I, hell, you're an encyclopedia, like I said. So, But you're right. I mean, it was, it was a damn good one. So was the Street Profits, but... Here's something I want to talk about too, Jeremy, because this is one that we all can agree on, like pretty much every way. What'd you think of? What'd you before I even talk about what I thought about it? What'd you think of the the championship uh, match with Reigns and McIntyre? You know what? I'm glad they had it to where Reigns won, especially the way he did, because like I said, for some reason I feel like Vince McMahon has it out for SmackDown. They got clean swept in the five on five men's. They lost in the women's five-on-five elimination match. So here comes, you know, the main event as far as matches go, because obviously the show closer was The Undertaker. But you have Reigns against McIntyre, Universal Champion, WWE Champion, facing off. And I feel that this truly solidifies Roman Reigns' standing as I – I hate to say it like this, but the big dog, if you will. I mean, he, even though he won, he won the way heels do. You know, referees knocked down. You did not just hit me with that. I did. Did did you just freaking hit me with the big dog? I told you I hated to say it, but it had to be said. Why'd you freaking say it? That was, I think you you need to apologize to this fan base. Oh, Oh, my. Okay, okay, keep going. I'm sorry for interrupting. It's okay. I forgive you. Now then, I also loved how the finish went. I believe it needed to finish the way it did. A clean pinfall on Drew McIntyre would not have been the ideal finish for a champion on Raw who's booked to be so strong. I felt it had to have dirty tactics involved and to actually have range essentially choke him out, you know, in the guillotine. So they might have another confrontation down the road, whether it be at a WrestleMania in the future, whether it be at the Royal Rumble. We could see Reigns and McIntyre face off yet again because these are two of the top guys in WWE, more so than just because they hold the two biggest titles in the company but because they are two of the most heavily invested in stars even before. So quite frankly, I thought that was an outstanding match as well. Survivor Series as a whole was really good top to bottom. Like I said, though, I feel like Vince has it out for SmackDown for some reason because they just don't seem to win these elimination matches. Yeah, 
think Vince is pissed at Fox. I, I think that's what it was. You know, stick it to him good, right? Yeah, pretty much. You know, I don't know. Just just throwing out speculation here, Jeremy. Don't 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 crucify me for that one. Oh, now now it's okay to throw out speculation. I I hey. I, I at least announced that it was speculation before I said it for a fact. Hey, you know, like you did earlier, you just threw it out like, you know, you were. I did not say it was confirmed. Fake news. I just said they're probably pissed off. Pro- uh, okay. All right. Let's move on. I'm, I've got to be nice. You know, I'm, you know, I'm just doing the best I can here, Jeremy. Just, you know, jumping all over my back. You know, I'm trying to figure out. Got no, no, no technical help here. I got people fired. I got. Me trying to figure out how to do this live video. It's just uh, yeah, that's another thing. Why did you fire them? I'm curious. Because they weren't as good as I was. And you know, well, in business, if that's you're the case, wouldn't you have zero staff members? Well, here's the thing. So I have groups of four. Okay, this is how I classify them. So I have four groups of four. So that's sixteen. That's just that work closely with me. Other than that, they have their own interns and stuff, and they do it there. Anyway. So there's four, you know, four in a group. Okay, so each of those four people have to have a certain attribute that m- compares. It won't be better, but it compares to me in some way. So that way they have a happy version of me, a sad version of me, an angry version, and uh, you know, you know, an ecstatic version. You know, a good one. It's just it all balances out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do know what you're saying. So now, and now it makes perfect sense because when you told me at the beginning of the show that you had fired all these guys, I'm like, well, wait. I mean, and I know you're not used to having to do the technology all yourself. So I, in that case, I do commend you for it. You're doing a bang up job. Don't worry. Well, Jeremy, I'm telling you that you're full. You know, you're. Let's just be honest. You're full of shit right now because I don't have a live video going. So I think you're lying to me. I think that you are just blowing smoke right now. I'm trying to compliment a guy, folks, and look at him. He's, he's bitching at me. I cannot believe this. <sighs> Sorry. Why, why can't people ever just take a Fucking bullshit! Hey, it might be bullshit, but it's just the way it goes sometimes, okay? Yeah. I mean, All right, Jeremy. <laughs> All right, Drake. You know what? This is what I'm going to say. I I just got informed that we got our first guest on on hold. Well, okay, introduce him. Damn. Come well, on. Shit, I thought you wanted to introduce him. All right, fine, I'll introduce him. All right, ladies and gentlemen, he is from Beverly Hills, California. He is a former BWF Tag Team Champion, a Coastal Tag Team Champion, SWF Tag Team Champion. He has been a manager... He started wrestling in 2012, wrestled Hall of Famers, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Tito Santana, Tony Atlas, The Rock, and Roll Express, and the Nasty Boys. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast, Simply Splendid, Bobby C.
Javi C., how you doing, buddy? I'm fine tonight, and you? I'm doing great. Thank you, buddy. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's your pleasure. That's right. Yeah, it, 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 it damn is. sure is your it pleasure, really Jeremy. Well, it's your pleasure, now, too, Drake. Like to ask me? Well, All here, right. can I start off real quick, Jeremy, before before we yes, get going? Yes, please. Okay. Sir, it is my pleasure to be interviewing somebody who has the same type of attitude as me. It's just so great to be on par with some – well, not maybe not on par with you on your scale, but on my scale – we're, we're pretty much, you know, neck and neck. Anyway, I do something called Drake's Top Five. And what we do is we, we pick five things um, that I feel are, 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 are certain topics in the top five of them. But I think that I held off because there's no better way to do this than with doing my top fives with you today about why we bring so much more to the show than anyone else. Sounds good to me. Shoot. All right. Number one. We are both gorgeous. I mean, you are just a gorgeous-looking man. Of course I am gorgeous. Of course I am. I have the best hair in the business. I have the best wrestling gear in the business. And I am just simply splendid. I can't say it better than that, Jeremy. I mean, number one, right there. Number two. I mean... Speak for yourself. Jeremy, hold on. This 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 is the top five here. Okay. Two, you and I have accomplished careers. Of course I have an accomplished career. I've been all over the place. And I'm doing another tour of the Dominican Republic this January because I am in demand because the plebeians in Santo Domingo want me over there. And this is why I was set foot on the island of the Republic of Dominica or Dominican Republic in January and January 4th, it doesn't matter who I wrestle, whether it's Bronco, whether it's the DWE heavyweight champion, I will be victorious. Yeah, and you know what? You can call the Dominican whatever you want to call it because it should be its pleasure that you're even mentioning the country's name, right? I mean, let's be honest here. Listen, I'll tell you something. Just for the fact I, I am gracing that island, they should feel like a million dollars. They should feel blessed. Because anywhere I walk, the simply splendid one just leaves a mark. That's right. As does Team Splendid. All the entourage of Team Splendid. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But well, let's move. Let's move on because we still got a couple of another great reasons about why we bring so much to the show and why the Wrestle Talk family should be sending in money to both I you and myself wait. for being That's here. That's right. That's Please, right. Proceed. Proceed. Ready? We, I mean, women just, they all want us. I mean, we are what we call thoroughbreds of lust. I'll even grace you with that nickname if you would be so humble to accept it for, for maybe this remaining uh, interview segment because, I mean, we really are. I mean, whenever somebody sees us, I, I mean, beautiful is kind of the same thing, but it's not with this because we are just, we're anomalies. We're anomalies. People are enamored by us, so they are drawn to our perfection. I mean, am I wrong? You are totally correct. And it's about time I get to speak someone that has some sort of class, unlike the other jabronis that are with you. Thank you. See, that's why I wanted to start off, because I know that Jeremy was probably going to, you know, they say they're nice. 
okay? They do this to me all the time. They go, oh, no, we're, we're, we're all part of this team, and all of a sudden I'm the one that gets hung out to dry all the time. So I wouldn't let that happen to you. I promise. So, Jeremy. I what, totally agree. Jeremy, what, what are we yeah. on here for? Are you ready for the last one? Yeah, this is the fourth one. Well, I know. I was just making sure you were paying attention because I know you know you were checking in and out with the you know the Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast. So just making sure. No, nope, I'm here. Yeah. Do you have any idea of what number five could be? Which is the number one reason we bring the ratings. Because you guys are who you are. God damn it. Hmm. Okay. Well, you're hmm. kind of right. You're kind of right. It's because he's a little bit correct. I don't know about totally, but he's kind of correct. Right. It, it, it's 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 like you want to be nice and give it to him, but knowing him, he wouldn't do the same for us. You know, is he, he a little it, slow? It, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I think he sometimes he just he tries to to you know let us make our own mistakes. So that's why I I don't I don't know I I don't I've never met Jeremy. I you know we talk on the phone. I, you well, know I don't I, I undermine you. That's right. That's right. And I, I'm getting damn tired of it too, to be quite honest with you. But but number five. So Jeremy, you're kind. You're wrong. Okay. You're right. We have a proven track record. But you know what that encompasses? What? Brilliant minds and thinking. That's the real reason people come to this show, and they're bringing so much ratings. I mean, it's going to blow through the roof. Facebook won't know what hit them whenever we put up the video, and it's just – it's big. Okay? So take – I mean, everything that – sir, you do – you're right. It's simply splendid. And and what I do is just perfection too. So, I mean, whenever you have two great minds together, you create something even better than a show. You create a movement. It takes brilliance. It takes brilliance to come up with Team Splendid and uh, people that I handpicked to be part of my team. It just takes brilliance. Unlike most of these plebeians out here, most of these plebeians are not brilliant. You have to be born brilliant. You and I, it seems, are born just simply brilliant. Right. And, 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 you know, people get mad because, you know, you and I are the ones on the hill, you know, and, and look at them all down there and they're, they're fighting for scraps and, and they aren't intelligent. But you and I, that's what we bring. So, Jeremy, before you start attacking him, could you please just let us know how great that top five was? It was simply splendid. Okay, we've got to give him a little bit of credit, even though I would not like to give him any credit. But we'll give him for credit for at least attempting to be correct. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. So, Jeremy, please, what's your question, sir? All right. So, to kick us off, I have to ask you, you have wrestled Hall of Famers such as Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Tito Santana, and Tony Atlas. Which one of these legends in your entire splendid career did you have, or I guess I should say, have they had the honor of facing the most? All of them. doesn't matter, and I've wrestled even more legends. I've been in a ring with New Jack. I've been in a ring with the late Balls Mahoney. Anybody that steps in the ring with me is just truly blessed because when Bobby C. comes into town, I guarantee you one thing. You are seeing something that is not seen anymore. Come and watch. Come and see how we 
how my entourage and how we are put together and the things that we do. And you will be simply surprised at how much you will adore us. Because we are to be adored. Not admonished, but adored. And don't you forget it. That's right. And, and you know, Jeremy, just well. to add on to this real quick, you, you don't even need to go watch. Because, see, there's so much stuff about, about Simply Splendid Bobby C. out here that it's just it, – there's too much. You don't even have to leave your house. I mean, he's, he's – I mean, this, this man is world-recognized. You should treat this with the utmost sincerity and respect, sir. Absolutely. Wouldn't have it any right. other way. Just trying to referee this. Hey, I greatly appreciate it, Drake. Thank you. So, I also have to ask you, you started before you were a wrestler. You actually started as a manager, but you weren't simply splendid yes, then. Did. You were the precious one. Yes, I was. I managed from the World Wrestling Council, the precious one, Gilbert, who was a top man from the island of Puerto Rico. He is full of class, and he's one of the best and still one of the best wrestlers that ever laced up a pair of boots. Look him up. I'll be sure to. I mean, you have the Dominican, yeah, Puerto Rico, yeah. Been to a lot of places in this world. All over the country we've been. And I have upcoming places like Tennessee coming up in the next couple of weeks. We'll be in Matt Team Splendid. We'll be in Massachusetts for New Age Wrestling on September 12th. We are wrestling for the tag team titles of New Age Wrestling. Me and Sir Fabulous, Chris Michaels, together, my partner, will be up in Springfield, Massachusetts, September 12th for New Age Wrestling. And we will take the belts, I promise you that, on December 12th. I look forward to it. And I want to ask you about Team Splendid. Speaking of them, tell us how you met the fabulous, Sir Fabulous, Chris Michaels. How did I met? We just met at a show, and we automatically hit it off. We have the same things in common. So I approached him. I said, how would you like to be a part of Team Splendid? And he said, sure. And since then, we've been traveling together everywhere. Sometimes I wrestle as a singles also. Sometimes Billy has. I was injured last year, and Billy did quite well as a singles. And when Billy's not around, so fabulous, we wrestle all over. I wrestle a single as well as a tag team. But Team Splendid has already picked up other members. We have our chauffeur. We have a maid. We're going to have girls, pretty ladies, walk up to the ring at every single show now. A chauffeur and a maid. What great late Playboy Bunny Rose used to do. It's wonderful. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. You guys really do have a lot in common. I'm telling you, the man of that magnitude, you got to. I mean, it just, I I feel like you're just kind of in awe right now. I mean, you know. You're quite amazing to me. Are you sure you only could have five things in common? I think we could have done a top ten out of this, Drake. We could have had a whole documentary on why we're so great. I mean, we could have. But, you know. It, it, it just it is what it is, you know. Some people have it, you know. Some people were born with it, some people weren't. You know, I, I simply splendid Bobby. C. You you can you can agree to that, can't you, sir? Of course I can. You have to be brilliant. You have to come up with new things. You have to be eye catching, not the same old stuff you see. And when you're eye catching, it takes you different places, and you get to wrestle the best. That's how you do it. Absolutely. And, and Jeremy, I'm going to interject real quick because I have a I have a quick question. 
I'm looking through some of these names that, you know, that like we've already talked about, you have the pleasure of working with, but real quick, just to, to kind of get some more uh, in-depth analysis on this, if you will, did you take away anything? Because I know a man of your magnitude, you know a lot of things, but wrestling someone like the rock and roll express or the nasty boys, or, you know, did, did, did wrestling one of them or did talking to, you know, someone, you know, later on after that match down the road and just, you know, catching up on a few words and, did you learn something new, or did you take away something that kind of changed the way that you, you, you know, you uh, projected uh, yourself, and you, you know, you changed your your entourage? Was there any great, you know, groundbreaking conversation that you've had, or in this, uh, in this, you know, in this illustrious career that you've had? You take away something from every opponent that you wrestle, because every rest, every person has a different style. Anybody, the Rock and Roll Express is totally different from a Tito Santana or a Hacksaw Jim Duggan or a New Jack. You take something from every person that you wrestle and you incorporate it into yourself and it makes you better. And you know what to expect as you keep on going down the line. And that's what I've done. And it's worked for us. It's worked for Team Splendid. And my partner, Sir Fabulous, used to wrestle WWF. He was ECW Tag Team Champion. In the original ECW, he was one of the suicide blondes, if you remember that era. So I couldn't have a better partner and a better veteran at my side. And as a team, a team never works on one alone. A team works as two. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. And two, two minds like ours have blended very well. And... We have proven track record wherever we go. And it's absolutely. just getting better. Yeah, absolutely. This year was and, and that's what... COVID, and I guarantee you 2021 will be a better year. And that's what I was going to ask you. What, what, do you, what, are, your, what are your plans for, for the next couple of years? Uh, what, what's your goal with, with Team Splendid? It, what's that end game in all of this? Well, I'll share this with you. Age is just a number. Myself and Sir Fabulous are not young, young men. I'm at 49 years old, and Sir Fabulous is 59. But what we prove to our younger opponents, the number. You have to be two or three steps ahead when you think as you take on matches. And you could be successful at any time. It's just how you blend and how you think and how you come about doing what you do. Remember, the age is a number. We are older cats, but you know what? We still got it, and the fire isn't out yet. There ain't a doubt about that. It's just starting. It's just starting to begin again, and whoever doubts us will find out. There ain't a doubt about that, Jeremy. What else do you got to say? Because I know that you're still in awe about just how great of a conversation this has been. I mean, two brilliant minds on the, you know on the Wrestle Talk podcast and, and, and you know, you're you're knowledgeable there with us and it's just you gotta be loving this. I am loving every second of it. Yeah, you're I'm still pretty much in awe about honestly, are you sure you guys aren't even related? Or is it just true brilliant minds in one podcast? I true think brilliant by minds the grace, in one podcast. That's right. By the grace of God. Hell, I'll and take it. Finally, finally Finally, 
We get to see someone that thinks the same way as I do, and it's not very often that that happens on any of these podcasts. Not very often. It's been a fun, and I'm having fun so far, and I'm not one to say that very much. I'm usually chastising everybody after the podcast. You're right, because I go through the same thing. I really do. I, I always get berated. I always have some problem with the podcast, so I couldn't let it happen to you. And not after seeing all the stuff that you've done in this in this you know industry and in your career, I couldn't let it happen. So that's why I'm just you know if I have to, we'll, we'll take Jeremy to town, but we won't we won't have to. I don't think. I think Jeremy's really you know really really doing his part here. What do you think, Jeremy? Rate yourself ten out you know one out of ten. Rate myself one out of ten. I mean, I'm giving myself a solid eight because you're a ten, perfect ten. I mean, you're doing you're doing your big part, working off each other, and I'm loving every second of it. Well, thank you, Jeremy. What else What else do you have for for Sir Simply Splendid Bobby C? And and pardon me for calling you Sir. I just have to, with the utmost respect. That's what I am. I am Sir. So you could keep that up. Sounds good. Well, sir, I have to ask you, I mean, we're talking about Team Splendid here. It also has come to my attention that you also have connections with a guest that both Drake and I had an extended conversation with a couple weeks ago, and that's Mr. Evan Ginsberg. Why don't you tell us about that yeah. type of connection you got going? Evan Ginsberg is, everyone, as everyone knows, the executive producer of 350 Days. And he was also the executive producer of The Wrestler, I believe. And he's been a very, very, very big part of Team Splendid in many ways. And he's just a tremendous person to have of knowledge about the wrestling business. And there's never a dull moment when Evan Ginsberg is with us. Not at all. I could talk to him for hours just on the history of wrestling alone. As I'm sure that you guys, I can imagine the conversation that you guys had with him when you had your podcast with him. I am guarantee you it was good, and it was very informative. Am I correct? Well, thank you, sir. Yes, sir, it was. And it was one that, honestly, Drake and I really didn't want to end. It was going so well. Yeah. Can I just interject Evan real quick? Is... It was a trick question. He's never incorrect, Jeremy. Okay? That is true. Evan true. Ginsburg, good, good voice. And just the, the wealth and the knowledge that he has of, 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 I mean, and he goes way back, way back. You're talking Bruno days. You're talking 70s, 80s. How many fans, how many people are listening to this podcast that could say they were alive during those golden years? Not many. And those times in the business are, are far and gone. Those were, to me, in my estimate, the best times in the business. To me, you can never duplicate 70s and 80s in the wrestling industry. Never again. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, you really are. That was just the goal. I mean, I'd even call it the – I just call it – it, to me, I hate the word golden age because it makes it feel old. I mean, that is just the – that's the period for me. I mean, that's when – that's when the business couldn't have been hotter. I mean, it was just – My grandmother started me in the business. I – Literally used to watch, used to watch the, the well back in here in New York City where I grew up in WWF Channel Nine. It would come on on every Saturday, and that's when you would see Bruno San Martino. You saw Larry Zbysko. You saw Tony Atlas. You saw I could go on on Bob Backlund, who was the champion at the time, 
and Jimmy Superfly Snooker, and that's when I was blown away by wrestling, and I never stopped watching it. Yeah, I mean, and that's how I got. My dad showed me whenever he went to uh, WrestleMania, you know, three and watched Hogan versus Andre, and and he, you know, that was the first wrestling video I watched, and it was just that I, WrestleMania I, of all time, without a doubt, without a doubt. You had Steamboat and Savage who tore the house down. You had Andre and Hogan. The build-up to that was just unbelievable. You just can't duplicate that anymore. You just can't. Not even in today's wrestling industry. It's not the same. It's just, to me, it's not the same. No, it's really not. And uh, Jeremy, what do you think? You know, I was glad you brought up Steamboat for Savage. Every year when WrestleMania season rolls around, I always... Uh, roll out about my top three favorite WrestleMania matches, and Steamboat and Savage is always at the top because that is one of those matches to me that I could watch hours and hours on end. It just, you know, because everybody talks about Hogan and Andre at WrestleMania three, for example. One of the most iconic stare downs, one of the most iconic moments, but matches like Steamboat and Savage. Then you got even matches like Hogan and uh, Savage. I even like well, watching uh, matches with the Von Erichs down in WCCW. Yes. And those yes. and yes. matches like that, you just won't find them anymore because it's mm-hmm. just a different style of wrestling, that old school feel to it. I was brought up with my grandparents telling me stories about wrestling at the Chase. My cousin used to go to wrestling at the Chase. You know, he grew up in the in the seventies and eighties. And it was just a special time to be a wrestling fan. Not saying it's not now, but the environment was just so different then as to what it is yes. today. Yes, I agree. And, you know, I was hooked to all of them and covered wrestling magazines when I was a kid. And that's how I discovered about Harley Race and Dusty Rhodes because back in those days, it was territorial. Up here, WWF was New York, just New York area it was WWF. And to catch maybe some NWA, you'd have to maybe go to a UHF channel if you were lucky, or even Florida on a late night or whatever. And then, you know, discovered World Champion. Now I watched it all. I, I'm a, and Memphis was another place where all the legends went through. I don't care who they were from back in the days. Everybody went through Memphis at least once. Yeah, I think, I mean, I had the great pleasure, you know, Harley, the late Harley Race had his WLW shows out here in Troy, Missouri. And it was just last year, probably just a few months before he passed away. I had the pleasure of meeting him again. I met him 15 years ago, but I had the pleasure of meeting him again. And I just, you know, I'm in the presence of greatness and I thanked him for everything he did for the industry. You know, you see him, he was in a scooter at the time. You could really tell Life was rough for him, but he meant so much, and he still means so much to so many people. And he's mm. just one of so many legends in this industry that means a lot to a all. lot of people. He, he did it all. There was nobody tougher than Harley Race, too, to what I hear. No one tougher. And uh, Rick Flair, uh, yeah. I mean, with the reigns that he had. Rick Flair had some great matches. Dusty Rhodes, I mean, I could go on and on, you know. It, it's just it was a great era of wrestling, and you had the territories, mid south. That's why I discovered the junkyard dog before he came to the WWF. And I was always, uh, you know, I liked JYD when I was young. And as I got older, I started realizing that, you know what, doesn't play to pay by the rules. 
so we don't. And if you watch Team Splendid, we're epitome of old school wrestling. We are old school. Everything about us is the golden era. Everything you look at is this golden era of wrestling. We are throwbacks. Everything about us, from our style to what we wear to how we come to the ring. Tell me, where are you seeing that now? I, I'll it's hard that, to find. Jeremy. You aren't seeing it nowhere. Exactly. You aren't seeing it on Team Splendid. We are, we are totally old school. I've had fans. I had a fan one night come up to us. I didn't really want to talk to him very much because I don't trust the plebeians very well, but he was in tears. He said, us reminded him of him in his grandmother's house growing up watching wrestling when she was alive, and it brought tears to his eyes. Wow. And that's a true story. It's quite the story. And I wanted to ask you, uh, Sir Splendid, Simply Splendid, I have to ask you just one more question because I got a special treat for both you and Drake. Before you became part of Team Splendid, before you started Team Splendid, you started wrestling in 2012 as the Disrespectfuls with Eric Jaden. Take us through that, how you got that start. Me and well, me and Eric Jaden started together, and we started. We trained together in a company. I would not mention names in that school, or whatever. And we wound up in BWF. And to me, those are the people that really got us on the map. They gave us a chance, and they brought us to different venues. Him and I, we wrestled. That's who I was. Eric. We wrestled the Nasty Boys. We wrestled the Rock and Roll Express down in Atlanta, Georgia, and um. With Teddy Long was there, and my and Rocky King, if you know who he is, he was back in the Crockett days for that company down there that they ran, and we just traveled all over. We were almost every weekend we were on the road, and we had fun. But it, then it came time where Jaden kind of wanted to do his own thing, and he did his own thing, and I floundered for a couple years, and. I found this, Team Splendid, but as a disrespectful, we got a lot of experience. We got to wrestle a lot of different teams and bigger names, and we had a lot of fun times on the road. And uh, just to let everyone know, just keep Eric, and this is keep Jaden in your prayers because he is going through a stage of cancer right now, and he needs all the prayers that we could get, and uh, that's what he needs right now. So... And we still keep in touch. We still talk. And he's a brother for life. But he's going through a tremendous battle with cancer. So we got to keep him in prayers. We will. Absolutely. Well, Bobby C., Sir Simply Splendid, and Drake, this is for both of you. Got a special treat. I know you guys are ready for this because you guys have been bouncing off each other so well with your chemistry. We're going to do a little something here. On the Wrestle Talk podcast, we like to call the Shoot and Shout segment. <laughs> okay, so, Drake, why don't you explain to our Simply Splendid Guest, what the Shoot and Shout segment is all about. It'll be your pleasure. So, Sir Simply Splendid Bobby, 
Sir Simply Splendid Bobby C, this is mm-hmm. one of the best parts of the show. This is where we take a mi- about 30 seconds to a minute or however long you deem it necessary to take any topic. doesn't have to be related to wrestling. And go on, not, not necessarily a tangent, but explain to the, to the family that is the Russell Talk Podcast family, the, the viewers, why it bothers you and why they should be bothered by it as well. So, Good question. If, so, yeah, so like it might be maybe the, like the other last week. It, for me, it was the, the geriatric old people that drive in the left lane when they shouldn't even be driving. <laughs> So it, uh, what we'll do is, Jeremy, do you have a shoot and shout? And then we'll, we'll just go on down the line because I know that Simply Splendid is going to be the best. I'm just going to call it right could now. It be, could not, it be a political rant? It can be whatever you want. We don't give a damn on this show. Uh, it's going to be brilliant. One. Good. I have a good one. Good. Jeremy, start us off. Oh, no, this one, this is my treat. I want it just to be you guys because honestly oh, – yeah, this is just this is my treat for you guys. It's just you two. Okay, okay, good. So here's mine, okay? You're going to Breadco or Starbucks, okay? And did you ever notice that when you go inside a damn Breadco or Starbucks, everyone's a damn doctor or they're like a lawyer or the president? <laughs> Everyone knows everything about it. Like, seriously, I quit going in. I, I started sending an assistant. I don't give a damn what the blonde head lady said that has three kids that has – oh, I called him a Google warrior. Okay, I'm so tired of Google warriors. I don't, they aren't Karens anymore. What they do, they, they Google, they look on these websites that were created by some guy in the Philippines or wherever they are, and then they go from it from there. I mean, it's just it's terrible. It's a, it's a damn shame. So I, I don't know if it's because they, they they don't have a lot going for them. I don't know, but it needs to stop because I'm just saying I'm like two two I guess we can call them Karens two Karens away from from having an absolute meltdown. And it, it it might not be pretty. I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of it. You aren't a doctor. You're a soccer mom. Shut the hell up. <laughs> right? I mean, what do you think, Jeremy? Pretty good stuff. I mean, top notch. Yet again, I agree. On the shooting staff from you, Drake. Simply, <laughs> <laughs> well, what did you think of that one, sir? Uh, it was all right, but you know what? He has a lot of good points. I must say. You know, what are you gonna do these days? That's right. Well, I'm 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 ready for for your your esteemed shooting out. I got I, I think two. this is gonna blow us away. I got two. I'm gonna split it in half. How come when it damn rains outside, instead of people driving damn slower, they drive faster? I I just don't understand that concept. If it's pouring rain outside and you can barely see out of your front windows and it's fogged up, why the hell would you drive faster? Why don't you drive slower so that you keep other people safe instead of being selfish? Because not only could you kill yourself, you could kill the other people that you hit driving in your car. That's one of my pet peeves. Number two, politics. Why is everybody at each other's throats? Who the hell cares when at the same time both parties don't care about either one of us and people are killing each other and wrecking buildings? Who cares? You know what? Everyone has a right to their opinion, and you should respect their opinion, no matter whether you like it or not. If you don't like it, as 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 Mama said when we were young, if you have nothing nice to say, just don't damn say it at all. That's my. Yeah, that's right. Thank you. You just hit it right on the head. That was a winner, winner right there, Jeremy. That's a hundred out of a hundred. 
I might go a thousand out of a thousand on that one. I mean, honestly, the political landscape in this country or any country in that matter, but especially in this country, especially with social media, it just brings my, it just pisses me off so much. So I totally agree with you on that one. So remember this, people that are Russell Talk family and and anyone that listens to this segment. Remember the words of a brilliant man, okay? If, Sp- if Simply Splendid says to cut the shit out, you cut it out, okay? There's no reason for it. Take it off of Facebook. I wanted to see cute pictures of dogs and, and nice news. Not all this. It's, it's mind-boggling. Every, every, every other social media post is about this one or there. someone bad-mouthing someone. Shut your mouth. That's what I got to say. That's right. Whoever you want to vote real- for, that's your right, and that's it. That's, that's the way it goes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Jeremy, he could, I mean, that, that literally was, I, I called it, didn't I? That was probably shoot and shout of the year. I told you this was going to be a perfect treat. Let you guys shoot and shout like nobody else would know how. That's right. That's absolutely right. And, you know, I just think that, you know, it's, I, I just feel, I'm just so glad that you were able to be a part of it because, I mean, think about this, Jeremy. You have a firsthand, you know, viewpoint or listening point from the shoot and shout, right? I mean, that's pretty special. Yeah, that's why I wanted – that's another reason I wanted you guys to do it, just so um, I could let you guys do your thing. And I could see if any of your pet peeves and pissed-off moments are relatable. And believe me, that political one is right at the top of the list for me. Well, and you're right. So before we – Simply Swanny, before we have to let you go, unfortunately, I hope to bring you back on because this is great. Where can our Russell Talk family find you on social media, and what can they expect in the next couple? I know we already talked about a little bit of what your what your plans are in the Dominican, but uh, what when when can they see you in the Midwest? Midwest. Whenever someone wants to book me out there, you can reach me on my Facebook at my name Robert Bobby C. Semler. You could, or you could hit me on my Team Splendid page. We have a Team Splendid page on Facebook. But remember, Robert Bobby C. Semler, S-E-M-L-E-R. You could inbox me if anybody wants to bring us out to you. We'd love to be in the Midwest, you know, especially with COVID. There's not a lot going on on the East Coast right now. So we're taking bookings whenever we can. And um, the next couple of weeks I'll be in Tennessee, Massachusetts, and um, we will be down in the Dominican Republic. I will be as a solo in the Dominican Republic in January and we'll see where the new year brings us in 2021. Absolutely. I, like I said, I just can't, I can't wait to see what, what you accomplish and continue to accomplish in your, you know, your illustrious career. It was great to have you on the show. I know Jeremy was just, Absolutely. like we said earlier, in awe about the brilliant minds that collaborated today. We can't wait to it have was you a back pleasure. on. And I'm willing it, it, to come back whenever you ask. Sounds great. We can't wait to have you back on. And, and ladies and gentlemen, that was Simply Splendid, Bobby C., and Jeremy, how great of an interview is that? That was one of the best, if not the best, we have had. Just an outstanding interview. That's Top right. Well, well, Jeremy, Jeremy, real quick, because we got a lot to accomplish still. We still got the one and only Herb Simmons. That's going to be calling in very shortly. I know you're really ready for that interview. We got the game show trivia challenge, and then we got a break. We have got to take a quick break, Jeremy. Yeah, we have to. I mean, I need to fill my honestly. Line. Yeah, gotta hydrate, you know. I mean, an That's amazing right. interview like that. Holy shit, that kicked so much ass. But I'm gonna need some water for this one. 
All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you stay there. We'll stay here, and we'll see you in a few minutes. Thanks, guys. Wrestling fans, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat talking at you, and you're listening to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. I'm the maestro, Jeremy Carp, and we got the one and only Drake Lee. Drake, I'm still trying to recover from that amazing interview, mainly because just how well you and Sir Simply Splendid Bobby C bounced off each other. I mean, uh, you can't have brilliance like that. I mean, that's hard to come across in any type of entertainment platform. When you have two brilliant minds like that, I mean, it's just it, – you can't get any better, right? I mean, it's just – it's brilliant. 
I mean, I know that you were appreciative of it. The Wrestle Talk family was appreciative of it. And, I mean, I just thought it was, you know, it was great that, you know, like I said, two guys with similar attitudes on life, looks, everything, got to talk. And it was just great. So I, I, I think we can, we can summarize that as an A+. Yeah, that was definitely an A-plus interview, and you know what? I'm almost 100%, no, I am 100% confident that this one will be too, because ladies and gentlemen, it is a big honor for me to have this next guest on the WrestleTalk podcast. And Drake, I'm not one to speak for you, but I'd like to think you feel the same way as I do about our next guest, Herb Simmons. Oh, Absolutely. He is a legend, I mean, a we, legend, folks. I can't wait to have him on. We're, it's going to be great. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, he is the promoter of Southern Illinois Championship Wrestling. He's been promoting professional wrestling since the late 1970s. He has worked with some of the most well-known professional wrestlers in this industry, from Stan Hansen to Terry Funk to Bob Orton to Gerald Briscoe, Jim Cornette, Cornette I'm sorry, and the late Bruiser Brody. And he has been presented the Legends of St. Louis Wrestling event in Alton, Illinois. And in 2015, he began holding a yearly battle royal in memory of the late Bruiser Brody. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my esteemed honor and pleasure to welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast, Herb Simmons. Herb, how are you this evening? Fine. Thank you for that uh, great introduction, uh, helping uh, old man feel young for a while. <laughs> oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for everything you have been a part of and done for the wrestling industry. I mean, it is Drake and I, like I said, I hate speaking for him, but this is twice in a row. So hopefully he doesn't get too mad. I'm just so glad to have you on this evening. Well, I appreciate the invite and, uh, you know, the Wrestle Talk podcast uh, is it's close to me. I've uh, followed it uh, every chance I get because, uh, you know, the your uh, your uh, show keeps the uh, wrestling tradition alive, uh, both uh, uh, the past, present, and hopefully the future. Yeah, well, I greatly appreciate that. We all greatly appreciate that. And, you know, as I said in your introduction, you've been promoting professional wrestling since the late 1970s. Is that correct? Yeah, and uh, next this coming February will be in my 48th year, and um, it's uh, it's been a, a great time. And uh, some of those names you mentioned are uh, dear close uh, friends uh, uh, that are still with us, except for the late great uh, Bruiser Brody, uh, who was a, a great friend and uh, done a lot of work for uh, Larry Matasek and I, uh, Larry. Uh, uh, for the, maybe some of the listeners, I don't know if they don't know who Larry was and they, they weren't wrestling fans in the St. Louis area, but he was the voice of uh, St. Louis wrestling at the chase for many years. And he, uh, I, I owed everything to him. Um, in fact, it's kind of ironic. I'm, uh, on here tonight. Uh, tomorrow is, uh, the second year anniversary of the, the death of Larry Matasek and, uh, which will be a, a solemn time because I miss him every day. 
Yeah, and I know, you know, myself living in the St. Louis area, you know, professional wrestling is like the worldwide world of professional wrestling is like a hub in St. Louis, you know. So many legends have come through St. Louis, you know, wrestling at the Chase was big and you know, we've had such a who's who of wrestlers in St. Louis. You know, I've been to the South Broadway Athletic Club and looked at the Wrestling Hall of Fame, all those plaques of wrestlers who are still with us and unfortunately ones who are not. Um, I was mentioning with Drake when we had Sir Simply Splendid Bobby C on that, you know, my grandfather's and my cousin, C tells me about, you know, wrestling at the Chase that was on KPLR 11 for plenty of years, you know, for about 24 years, I believe. Yeah, it uh, actually uh, it was on Channel Five uh, KSDK for just a brief time when it first started, but then it went to uh, Channel Eleven and it started on uh, Wrestling at Chase started in May of 1959 um, and was uh, one of the top rated uh, programs uh, that was on back in those days. And uh, as you said, all the greats. Uh, uh, if you read any of the uh, legends uh, books that they have written. Uh, 99% of them will tell you that uh, you made it to the big time when you wrestled in the chase at the Chase Park Plaza in the Coruscant room because of the atmosphere of the ballroom. There was no place like it. Um, and that's been quoted uh, from the likes of Ric Flair to Harley Race, uh, uh, you know, the Pat O'Connor and uh, Gene Kaniski and Baron Von Roschke. Uh, anybody who stepped in the side that squared uh, circle in between those ropes and wrestled in St. Louis would tell you that uh, the only thing that they didn't like about uh, St. Louis was the, the ring because it was hard as concrete. You know, it was interesting. You mentioned how Larry Matisek was a, such a big part, and he was, of wrestling at the Chase, but he was actually not the original commentator, was he? No, there were several before him. Larry was a young man who actually uh, came up underneath the tutelage of uh, uh, the late, great Sam Muchnick, who was the uh, uh, president of the National Wrestling, Science, uh, uh, Wrestling Alliance uh, for uh, over 41 years. He took Larry underneath his wings when Larry was actually only about 16 years old. And, uh, you know, Larry, um, the only job he ever had was with uh, Sam Muchnick. And um, went on to uh, to be the uh, announcer, and then did the ring announcing at Kiel Auditorium. But yeah, there was other. Uh, Joe Gary Jola was actually the first play-by-play announcer back in 1959 when it started. Um, and then uh, Sam Miniker did a lot uh, of it over the years. And of course, Mickey Gary Jola was uh, one of the ring announcers. And way back in the day, Johnny Curley was one of the first ring announcers, and Eddie Gromacki and. Um, you know, it's just uh, a list of the who's who, as you said, in St. Louis, because it was the hub of professional wrestling for all those years. And, you know, you were the head promoter of Southern Illinois Championship Wrestling, and a lot of people in the industry say that it's often – they often find it in a homage almost – in a relatable fact to the St. Louis Wrestling Club and wrestling at the Chase. It's kind of like how it's been modeled. Yeah, we, uh, I've, I've always, uh, because of growing up, you know, I, uh, everybody says, well, how did you get into business? And I tell them it's just like everybody did as a fan. Uh, 
growing up in the housing projects in East St. Louis, Illinois, with a black and white 12-inch TV watching wrestling at the Chase. So when it originally, when it first came on, it was on a Wednesday night, and then they uh, rebroadcasted it on Saturdays. And uh, so, you know, that's where I, I come became hooked to it. You know, to the Buddy Rogers and Farmer Marlin and uh, uh, Angelo Poffo and people like that and uh, Cowboy Bob Ellis and Johnny Valentine, Luthez and and then to to grow up and then to meet the Larry and Sam and then they introduced me to those guys and then later on um, you know Larry and I and uh, a friend of ours Nick Redenier uh, and uh, Keith Childress who, who used to be a reporter at the uh, uh, newspaper in St. Louis. We started the um, uh, St. Louis Wrestling Hall of Fame, and that's those plaques you were talking about that hung at the uh, South Broadway Athletic Club. Um, we started that, and um, because we felt that uh, there was such a tradition, and the people who made it um, so great needed to be honored. And as you've seen from seeing those uh, plaques that we put up over there. That was a who's who of professional wrestling, starting with Sam Muchnick and uh, Johnny Valentine and Gene Kaniski, uh, Fritz von Erich, uh, people like that. That um, you know, just really uh, back in the day, made uh, they laid that foundation for what people are trying to build on. So, growing up with that, uh, when I started running uh, the Southern Illinois Championship Wrestling. Uh, I wanted to keep the old style, the old school, as we call it. And uh, uh, even when we were doing our TV tapings, we modeled it after that. And, you know, we do the storylines and uh, give the fans what they want to see. And Sam Muchnick always told me, if you, you know, if you treat the fans right, they'll, they'll buy those tickets. And if you treat the boys right, you'll have one of the best locker rooms around. And I, I've got that. Yeah, and then that's wonderful to hear because, you know, a lot of wrestlers have come out and said, you know, over the past few decades that working with Sam Munchnick was such a pleasure, you know, the kill or I'm not the kill I'm the chase would usually hold about 900 people per show. Sometimes they had larger shows that would be at the St. Louis arena or the kill auditorium, but everybody just seemed to have had a great time working there. And, you know, some of the biggest stars, you know, we've talked about in the industry, especially from the NWA were, at wrestling at the chase and i wanted to ask you about one of them who was also who also was a close friend of yours and that was a uh, bruiser brody and i kind of want to ask you kind of about how you guys had a good friendship going yeah it was uh, uh frank goodish uh aka bruiser brody aka king kong bruiser brody uh well, you know when he first started in the business he wrestled under his uh given name uh, frank goodish but uh, again, I was introduced to him uh, by Larry Matasek, and uh, right away uh, our relationship clicked because uh, he had had a bad reputation uh, from some of the independent promoters uh, um, that tried to stiff him. And of course, he was not the type of guy you would stiff if you did. Uh, he did one of two things: uh, he either knocked the hell out of you, or <laughs> or he just. Uh, <laughs> he was going to get his money out of you one way or the other. And, um, I had, I had the inside uh, scoop on him from Larry. And, um, so, and, and remembering what Sam always told me, uh, you know, you, you take care of the boys and they'll take care of you. 
And for 48 years, I've been able to do that. I've been able to pick up the phone and call any of these guys, and uh, they know when I call, it's it's legitimate. Uh, I'm not going to hold them up. I'm not going to tell them when they get there, oh, well, the house was bad. I'll catch you next time because even if we've had bad houses, uh, they've got their pay, and they – uh, and, and that's, you know, I've always said uh, two things in this business is uh, uh, respect and character. And if you've got a uh, uh, character, the respect will come along with that. And uh, the guys like Briscoe's and the Bruiser Brodies and the Terry and Dory Funks and people like that that uh, had great matches in St. Louis, when you can pick up the phone and call them and they come in for you, that, that says a lot. But, uh, Bruiser Brody uh, was a man of his word with me. Uh, he always showed up when I booked him, uh, taught me a lot about the business. Uh, in fact, we were the first independent uh, company that uh, he actually uh, worked for on the independent market. And uh, he kind of got his uh, feet wet with us. And then from then it just started growing around the country uh, for other independent promotions. And, you know, I've seen – we're actually uh, followers with each other on social media, and you post so many historic pictures from the wrestling industry over your illustrious career in promotion and, you know, with SICW, Wrestling at the Chase, so many others. And, you know, you talk so much about your dear friend, Bruce Brody, and it was in 2015 you actually began holding a yearly battle royal in memory of him. Yes, we uh, did that, and I, I promised uh, his uh, wife, Barbara Goodish, a good friend of ours. We, we talk all the time that as long as I had a breath left in me, we were going to uh, remember the late, great Bruiser Brody. And the way we do that is uh, every uh, July, usually, we do that Bruiser Brody uh, Memorial Battle Royal. Uh, we've got a nice big trophy cup we award to the winner of that Battle Royal. Um, and uh, Barbara Goodish uh, has always uh, made her uh, time to come in and be part of that, and of course um, we we always uh, interact uh, her somehow into the the action that night. Uh, the first time we did it, uh, she got to hit one of the uh, bad guys with a chair, and uh, of course it blew the roof off of the building. And uh, another year she uh, got to slap uh, Travis Cook, uh, uh, the our, my manager. Uh, so I mean. Uh, uh, we wanted to give the fans what they wanted, and she'll tell you to this day, if you have ever have her on, she'll, when she walks into that SICW match and that crowd starts then Brody, 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 Janet gives her goosebumps, and uh, she's a dear lady, a dear friend, and uh, we will, this year we had it set up in July, but with the COVID virus, uh, we had to postpone it. Uh, she was coming in, and uh, one of my other great friends in the business, Spike Huber, I don't know if you remember him, but uh, he was uh, booked to come in and be part of it this year. We always try to bring somebody in uh, each year. Uh, we've had Abdullah the Butcher in. Um, uh, of course, Bob Orton is uh, always with us. And uh, we had Ronnie Garvin uh, the year before and Killer Tim Brooks. And uh, so, you know, we've we've been known to keep the tradition alive by bringing in those legends because I feel that we owe a lot to the men and women who had built that foundation that we're building on and uh, and what we're doing at SICW is just trying to keep the memories and legacies alive uh, I'm sitting here holding in my hand now uh, a book uh, with all the um, programs in it uh, from September 25th 1959 to June 15th 1962 and I've got the uh, that entire collection all the way up until uh, 1983 
Uh, I've got all the uh, wrestling at the chase uh, uh, footage that Larry and I reproduced. We got 12 volumes out there of the St. Louis Wrestling Classics. And just recently, I acquired the uh, TV tapings of uh, Dick the Bruiser's uh, uh, organization from Indianapolis that we've got in our library now that we will be uh, putting them out. So, you know, we're trying to keep that tradition alive, kind of like with with the help of what you guys are doing with your show here. And uh, uh, if not, uh, the history will die, and then we'll be stuck with what uh, Vince McMahon has uh, fed down our throat for uh, several years now. Yeah, I uh, I actually own Larry Matisic's book, uh, Wrestling at the Chase, the inside story of Sam Munchnick and the legends of professional wrestling. And I believe that's about 15 years ago that book was produced. And it was, I believe, 2009 when the first 12 volumes of Wrestling at the Chase was uh, released. And before I transition to Drake, because I know he's really eager to talk to you, I had to just bring up some of the awards that you've been honored and deservedly so of course you know you received in 2012 the Missouri Wrestling Revival uh, Lifetime Achievement Award you were a member of the inaugural class of the Independent St. Louis Wrestling Hall of Fame and the 2020 this was a big one too the 2020 Cauliflower Alley Club's Red Bastion Friendship Award I mean yeah unfortunately Unfortunately, that got canceled uh, this year, but they're they they're going to roll the awards over into next year, and hopefully the COVID virus will be cleared up, and we can all meet in Vegas. And uh, uh, when I got called about that, uh, um, my good friend uh, Brian Blair, who is the president and CEO of the Cauliflower Alley, when he called me and said uh, that I was going to be honored, I said, "Well, you know, I, I don't need that, uh, Brian. As you know, I don't do it for that." I the Cauliflower Alley is a organization dear and uh, close to our, my heart because it does so much for the men and women in the business that fall on hard times. And uh, so he asked me to take a day or so and think about it because uh, I told him there was a lot uh, more of the people out there that was more worthy of that, even though it was kind of ironic. Red Bastine was always one of my favorites uh, growing up uh, when I was watching him and um, so a couple of days went by and I uh, finally, Brian called me back and I said, well, yeah, I said, uh, uh, I'd, I'd be honored to do it, uh, but if they find somebody else that they felt was more deserving, that would be fine. It wouldn't hurt my feelings. But, but uh, so if everything goes okay, I, I'll receive that award at uh, next year when they have it. But uh, again, as I said, I don't do it for the awards. I do it because uh, I, I'm just a big uh, fan of the uh, industry. And I, I think that it's a, uh, a lost art out there if we don't keep those memories alive that's why larry and i reproduce those classic volumes um and that's why i've got the photos and that i try to put out there periodically to let the fans see uh, uh what those days were all about uh in st louis i tell yeah, you i tell you real I quick you mentioned busy. you mentioned that uh, wrestling at the chase book that larry wrote um and i'm not bragging yes, but sir? Uh, I, I, I'm the one that convinced him to write, do get into the writing, uh, and I'm the one that convinced him to do the wrestling at the chase volumes. He had that footage uh, in his den in his home, and I would bug him uh, daily sometimes. Uh, let's do something with him, and he'd say, "Oh no, I'm just going to keep it." And then when my uh, daughter has uh, 
a child and uh, she'll be able to show what grandpa used to do. And so I almost gave up on it. But finally, one morning he called and said, you're right. He said, let's do something. We found a guy that could reproduce them for us. And so we ended up doing the 12 volumes. But the same way with the book, he never thought anybody would be interested in it. And I knew that there was he had such a great mind all the way up until uh, he passed away. Uh, I just knew the fans and even the fans that were younger that had grandparents and their parents uh, that grew up on wrestling at the chase would love it. And so I talked him into writing that first book and that picture on that front uh, of that cover of that book with uh, Sam Muchnick and Bruiser Brody, that trophy that he's holding is actually a ashtray from the uh, um, uh, Fox theater I actually, uh, Larry oh, and I wow. produced the only, we actually, uh, him and I uh, produced the only show that's ever been done at the Fox Theater. And uh, Brody, of course, was on that card with uh, Crusher Blackwell, Kamala the Ugandan Giant, uh, Fantastics, uh, the Midgets was on there, Gentleman Chris Adams. <laughs> but uh, the night before the show, uh, Brody had came in town the day early and he wanted to go look at the venue. He'd never been there before and he'd always heard about the Fox Theater. And when we walk in the front door, it was uh, uh, Brody, uh, Sam, Larry, and myself. And when we walked in, uh, we got in the lobby, and Sam says, Larry, did you pick up the trophy? Uh, and uh, Larry looked at me, and right away we thought, oh, boy, we've been so excited and so busy putting everything together, making sure all the I's were dotted and the T's were crossed. Um, and Sam could see the look on our face that something was wrong, and Larry said, uh, man, I, I, I didn't get it ordered. And just like clockwork, Brody looks over and th- that ashtray was sitting up against a pillar. And uh, he says, oh, no problem. We'll just use that. Uh, so that picture of them holding that, that, that cup, what looks like a trophy cup, is actually the ashtray from the lobby of the Fox Theater. Well, you learn something new every day. That's That's interesting. I did not know that, but I really did. Enjoy the book, and you know, I'm myself being 25 years old, I'm just thankful to have, you know, watched so much old school wrestling, read about so much old school wrestling, whether it be from Larry's book. Um, you know, I've read about Gorgeous George, I've watched so much, so many documentaries on it, and of course, you know, the stories directly from my grandparents. You know, my grand one of my grandpas was telling me he remembers Luthez, the other even remembers Gorgeous George. So to hear those stories is just always wonderful to, you, you know, keep up the memories alive, you know. Yeah. Well, you mentioned Luthez. I'm holding in my hand the Cauliflower Alley book from September, March 21st, 1992, the 25th anniversary union and banquet autographed by Luthez, uh, which, like I said, Lou never wrestled for me, but he was a special guest referee for me on numerous occasions. But um uh, uh, and then I've had his wife, uh, Charlie Thez, and uh, uh, during the Bruiser Brody Memorial, and she's a big part of the uh, Thez Tragus Hall of Fame in Waterloo, Iowa, that I go up to every year. And uh, it's really a pleasure to be around Charlie Thez and uh, talk about the old days with Lou Thez. And uh, I've got a lot of tapes with Lou, uh, uh, you know, uh, probably one of the all-time greats as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. Well, Herb, I'm going to – Kick it on over. It's been absolute pleasure talking with you, but I got to kick it sure. over to Drake because I know he's been waiting ever so patiently because he's got some great questions of his own to ask you. So, Drake, what you got, buddy? Oh, no, it's, it's see how they bully me, Mr. Simmons? 
they sit there and they, they say that they like me and they, you know, I'm a part of the team and then they mute my microphone for a half hour and, you know, it's, it's, it's okay, but. Uh, well, they saved the best for the last. The, hey, I appreciate that. Well, sir, uh, real quick, I was actually going to be at the CAC uh, banquet with Luke Roberts uh, this year. Unfortunately, we couldn't have that, but I look forward to hopefully seeing you there soon, accepting that award because there's no one that deserves it more than you. And, I real quick just want to ask you, because I know you've probably been asked this a hundred times, but I'm curious because this is the first time I've had the opportunity to sit down and, and, and to ask you questions. You've done so much with, with booking and promoting. I'm curious to see and hear what you think we're missing because you always hear people go, well, it's not, it's not the same as it used to be. Wrestling's not this. It's not that it wasn't. Why is that the reason today in, in a lot of, opinions of fans and what do you think's the main problem for that and how would you try to combat that because i know what you're doing with sicw is is phenomenal i i, I actually follow it i uh i'm friends with you on facebook so i see the um the explosions uh updates and i see the the this you know the show you do every week and i i really i appreciate it and i, I really learn a lot so i'm just i'm just curious to to understand and to know where you kind of feel on this and where you lean and and what we could do differently to really propel this industry and, and make it as strong as it really could be all around the board? Well, and, you know, and, and that is a great question. And, uh, and first I want to say um, you mentioned Luke Roberts and I'm telling you, I've known Luke uh, for a long, long time and they don't come much uh, finer than Luke Roberts. And uh, um, I mean, there's a guy that, um, you know, if, if there's ever some recognition that needs to be done for somebody who puts his heart and soul into it, Luke Roberts should be up there on the top of that list. Cause uh, he, he, he does wrestling. He talks wrestling. Uh, you know, it's one thing to talk it, but you got to know it also. And, and Luke does that. Uh, but, uh, but to answer your question, you know, there's several things. Um, one of the things that Larry and I, and, uh, used to talk about, uh, prior to his, uh, death is that oversaturation is one of the things that is really put, uh, a, a stopper on, uh, the business. Um, especially the type of uh, wrestling that's out there. Um, we talked about those uh, tapes that Larry and I did. Um, that's probably the only library footage out there that Vince didn't get his hands on. He tried buying them from us, and Larry didn't sell uh, because we knew what would be done with it. Uh, they would take and be buried like he's done everybody else's library that he bought. Uh, he'd offered uh, $25,000 for the library. And, uh, and of course, uh, we were able to take and reproduce them and we still, uh, get calls for them periodically. Uh, people still want them, but you know, when you can, at one time you could, any week there was hours and hours and hours of wrestling. So, um, back in the day, people look forward to one going to the TV tapings at wrestling at the chase. They would stand in line on a Sunday to get in there, um, to watch the TV tapings. But, you know, then they would show up at Keel auditorium once, sometimes twice a month. Uh, and they would sell that out 12,800 people at the Keel auditorium. And on some of the bigger cards they have at the checker dome, uh, about 22,000 people. So Vince McMahon likes to talk about, uh, he sells out those arenas as well. Keel Auditorium was selling out a lot more than Vince McMahon ever thought of. Now, given this time that he was doing it the last several years, uh, a decade or so, you know, things were different. But 
we always talked about oversaturation. People weren't starving for it anymore. Um, and then it's a different type. I get asked a question all the time. Well, when's wrestling at the chase going to come back? Well, first of all, wrestling at the chase won't ever come back because the people who made wrestling at the chase are no longer with us. The Dick, the bruisers, uh, Gene Kaniski's, uh, Pat O'Connor, Johnny Valentine, um, uh, Jack Briscoe, you know, um, so it, it will never be the same as it is. I, I just did a podcast the other night with a couple of gentlemen that asked kind of the same question. Did I think territorial base could come back? And I told them, yes, there's it, given the right uh, people. Um, but then you got to have a, the locker rooms has got to get out of this. I got to be the champion or I'm not going to work. Uh, or I got to win, or, you know, I'll go someplace else. I'll go over to promotional B because they're going to give me a, a title. You know, our younger generation and the boys, the men and women out there now got to learn that those titles are props. And, um, you know, you got to do what's right for the business and what's right for the fans. And um, And I base our success on what my fan base tells me. I try to stand at the door at night uh, when they leave the – the the uh, building and and thank them for being there and uh, one of the things they always tell me is boy uh, Mr. Simmons uh, you you pulled our eye pulled it over our eyes again tonight you got to keep them guessing you got to keep them on the edge of their seats uh, so I, I think um, you know it's a combination to answer your question I know I'm going around the mulberry bush there but there's there's several different things in there that promotions have to do um, as I said it's one thing to talk about being a promotion but then you got to know how to get it done and you got to have a group of guys in your locker room that one uh, want to go out there and do it and, and I've been fortunate to have people like Ron Powers uh, the uh, Ricky Cruz the King of Chaos uh, Sean Vincent uh, you know Keith Smith um, people like that that um, that want to give back to the fan base and um, you know, these guys have got so much knowledge. They, they know how to put cards together and they know to, how to give the fans what they want to see. But just to go out there and show up to a card and the promoter says, okay, A is going against B tonight with no um, thought of which way we're going. I was taught from Sam and Larry to book backwards. In other words, like this, I had 31 shows booked for this year. And if everything, if the virus hadn't have struck, I knew in January of 2021 who was going to be the champion if they stayed healthy and everything, and I was booking backwards. And some of these guys, when you tell them that, they go, what are you talking about? <laughs> so uh, that tells me right then and there that they haven't been in the business long enough to even know what that means. Right, and, and it's so it, it's just great to hear you say this stuff because the conversations I have with, with Luke Roberts just sound so similar, and, and, and it just – it makes a lot of it really just makes so much sense because you're right. Um, you know, there's multiple things that that need to be worked on. And to hear, you know, you talk about the, you know, the attitude from some of the younger the younger guys. You're right. I completely agree with you. And I had the opportunity actually to go up to um, IWAP and and Mount Vernon before uh, the girl fight night and uh, participate in Ricky Cruz's seminar. And what I learned from from that it, it was bar none. Uh, and and to have him a part of your organization, just like you know when he would wrestle with dynamo was just, you, you can't, and that was, you know, a couple of years ago, but it's just, you can't take a, you know, that, that presence in the locker room is just, it's hard to find. And, and to hear you, you know, 
all the success, you know, you've been from, with promotions that have been on top of the world and, and with, you know, wrestling at the chase and the friends that, you you know, the friendships that you made from it. And it's just, it's cool to hear, you know, the attitude, how it's different with, with those companies compared to a company that, that, you know, doesn't last. And, and that's why SICW is, is continually, you know, top of the list on, you know, the best promotions in the area. And my last question, because I know that you're going to annihilate Jeremy in the game show challenge. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, not is, looking forward this, to that part. <laughs> that's why I, uh, Mr. Simmons, that's why I, this is the highlight of my night is going to be the slaughter that's going to take place here in about five minutes. And well, I just, well, don't, don't, I don't, 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 don't put your money on me. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, dang it. I already placed my bet. Well, well, anyway, oh, my, is, well, I, yeah. <laughs> Well, we can't do nothing about it now. I'll cover cover your bet for you then if I lose. Well, look at that. That's a gentleman right there. Jeremy, you should take notes. (laughs) Well, well, Mr. Simmons, you've been around some of the – I I hate to use this term because there's so – you could – there shouldn't be a Mount Rushmore. It should be a a mountain in itself. But you've been around what some people call the Mount Rushmore of wrestling, which I could name – four different groups of people every time going on down to Ted DiBiase and all the way down to Abdul the Butcher. And, but my, my question goes beyond that because I know that sometimes um, even though it's a very fast paced industry, especially, you know, show days, you, 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 you probably at some point in time have been able to have, you know, conversations on the, you know, the day of the show, not necessarily afterwards, but like kind of like on the job training. And is there one conversation that you you look back on, um, maybe it wasn't from a Ric Flair, maybe it was from you know an enhancement talent that maybe Jeremy and I don't remember quite you know, and 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 quite know about. But w- was there a conversation that kind of changed the way you looked at the business at the time, um, and, and not necessarily um, you know maybe you know 20 years into your career, but you know kind of going into it, you know starting your career, were you thinking a certain way into talking to somebody, changed that perception. Or what was the biggest takeaway early on that that kind of guided you to where you are today? That's that's the easiest question to answer, uh, and it's a it's a very good question. I appreciate it, but it's got such a simple uh, because I lived by it since day one, and I still live by it to this day. And uh, the guy was never a worker, but he was the greatest promoter in the business, and that was Sam Muchnick. And I remember sitting at the uh, Fairmont Park uh, racetrack in the restaurant they had there, and it was my first time meeting him. Larry had took me there. Uh, uh, Mr. Muchnick used to like to go there and put a little wager every now and then down on the ponies and uh, used to like to have a steak dinner. And I remember sitting there, and my gosh, he was cutting his steak, his steak up, and uh, Larry and I was sitting there, and Larry had introduced us, and uh, we was having a drink, and uh, he had the fork in one hand and the knife in the other, and he took it, and uh, he he said, uh, so Larry says you you want to be in the business someday. And uh, I said, well, yes, sir, and, you know, I'm trying to be polite and politically correct, and, and I'll never forget, he takes that knife, that steak knife, and he puts it up to his ear, and he says, here's what you do. You keep these open, and he takes the knife and puts it up to his lips and says, and you keep this shut, and you'll go a long way in this business. And for 48 years come February, that's what I've tried to do in this business. And um, like I said early on, when I pick up a phone and I call it Jerry Briscoe or I call a Dory Funk and Marty Funk, 
uh, and say, hey, I, I, I need you to do an interview. Uh, I mean, uh, and I, I'm doing that now. I'm working with a gentleman from St. Louis, a gentleman named Ed Wheatley. We're actually uh, doing a book uh, on wrestling at the chase and uh, doing uh, hopefully a film that's going to come out of it. Um, and when I've called uh, Dory or I've called Terry Funk or Baron Von Roschke or Ted DiBiase and uh, said, hey, I need you to answer these six or seven questions for this book, and this film is going to take place, and we're going to need some uh, assistance on uh, uh, getting it done. Uh, they don't. They don't give me any uh, guff about it. You know, they know because they know one, it's going to be done the right way. So, that best advice I got from Sam Muchnick back there, I've carried it with me all these years. And um, and, and but if you're talking about what it's one of the wrestlers, you know, I, I got to look back at a Bruiser Brody who would sit there and we'd go out after a match and uh, and he would tell me, introduce me to Dick Murdoch and Jerry Blackwell or uh, Killer Tim Brooks and. Because uh, those were the guys he was helping me bring in. So, yeah, I've, I've learned it. And that's what I think needs to be done nowadays. Um, and, again, I'm taking you back around the bush here a little bit. But that's what the boys in the locker room need to be doing now. They need to be listening. When I bring in these uh, legends, um, I, I've had, and I won't throw his name out there because I, I try not to do that, but I had one worker tell me one time, he said, you know, Herb, you need to be paying me more money as opposed to bringing in these older guys. I mean, I'm the future. And, and I kind of was in a bad mood that night. And I said, uh, you should be paying me for the education you're getting here tonight. You're sitting in this room with the likes of uh, these legends. Um, you ought to be paying me. And uh, he called me the next day because they got such a great education that night just from sitting in a room talking to that legend that uh, he called me the next day and said, you know what, boss, you're right. He said, I learned so much last night, it's unreal. So, um, you know, there's a lot to be learned when you've got people like a Ricky Steamboat in your locker room or Bob Orton runs our Ace Wrestling Academy uh, with Sean Benson and Ricky Cruz and uh, Chris Argus. They all work around there when it's up and running. And so, uh, but yeah, I'll always remember what Sam told me, and it's it's been uh, some of the, it, probably the best advice as far as the business goes that I that I've ever was told. Absolutely, I, I that it's it's just it's just kind of it makes me want to chuckle because you know it's so it's just bizarre because Luke has just said the same exact things to me and and I probably to Jeremy too and just to hear you know the words of wisdom you know things change but but you know wisdom stays the same you know and and it's just it's so interesting to hear those things and I can't wait to have you know to have the opportunity to talk with you further because like I said I know you probably answered these questions hundreds of times doing you know ex, you know all the stuff that you've done but just to hear it firsthand to get that experience and and just to hear it from you it, it, it's great and to have you on the show was just phenomenal but i have one last question for you why it's you but i'm going to ask the last one after the game show when you win my question <laughs> well don't there you go you're you're putting your eggs <laughs> in a basket there <laughs> that's right no you guys you guys are really great i'm telling you and i just as you can tell i i love to talk the wrestling because it's that's what larry uh Manisek and i that was our favorite pastime we'd go to steak and shake and eat a steak burger and we could tell the stories uh, over and over, and the good thing about it is, is they were true. And so you didn't, you know, you know how some people will tell a story, time after time after time, uh, and you can tell when they're not quite 
the honest the truth about it. Uh, you know, you don't have to bull crap anybody when you're telling the truth about this stuff. And that's what Larry and I would sit there and do. And, you know, and then when you had somebody like a Dick Murdoch sitting there uh, and he was telling road stories and, you know, uh, those things stick with you. And, uh, you know, we've lost so many greats in this business, but I've got the memories of the stories that they told us. And uh, I get uh, people telling me all the time, you ought to write a book. You know, it's like the the Brody uh, uh, ordeal that took place in Puerto Rico. Um, my knowledge of that, if I ever write a book, will be told in there. And uh, what I will tell will be the truth. And uh, but uh, until that time, I'll keep it to myself. Right. And that's just it's just incredible. It really is. I mean, I'm I'm really at a loss for words, and that happens very rarely. Whenever I can sit back and just just absorb all the knowledge that you know that you you know it's it's the stuff. It's the intangible stuff too that I love, and that's and it, to hear you kind of bring some of that stuff up, and 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 we, I wish we could highlight it further. It's just it was just phenomenal. But Herb, sure. my, my last question for you is just kind of a simple one. It, it, whenever shows get back uh, get back up and going, who knows when that'll be. What what do you see uh, SICW doing in the next two, three, uh, one to two years? Let's say. Well, I can tell you, and I've said it a couple times tonight. I've got what I and I'm, I'm just yeah, I'm partial to my locker room. I've got the greatest. I've got guys, um, even though I don't like him a lot, Travis Cook. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know how well you guys know Travis Cook, but he's a uh, he's that little little pain in my butt. But uh, he's got a great mind for the business. But, you know, like I said, when I look around uh, the locker room that I got, the um, uh, the Sean Vincents, the Chris Hargises, uh, Flash Flanagan, uh, probably one of the greatest uh, guys out there that is still kicking butt and taking names. Uh, in fact, uh, Thanksgiving night, he's down at the Omen Arena representing uh, us down there in a match against Jerry the King Lawler. Uh, but, you know, um, guys like uh, Steve Fender, um, uh, who was trained by Harley Race, uh, when you talk about depth in a locker room, and then I just, for this last Sunday night, I interviewed one of the St. Louis uh, legends in my book, Ron Pyers, one of my dearest friends, uh, that I can pick up a phone uh, who's got a good mind for the business. Uh, um, so what what we've got planned is uh, once this COVID gets over, uh, we will pick up where we left off. I've got, like I said, 31 shows uh, this year that we didn't get to do. And as you guys may know, um, most of them are for nonprofit organizations that I help raise money for um, uh, different groups, uh, fire departments and uh, church groups and things like that. Uh, so if the good Lord's willing and the creek don't rise, as they say, we will pick up where we left off at. Uh, my fan base, I hope that will be there. Uh, I've got uh, a family, a, group, a family that's been following me for over 40 years. Uh, Jerry Bullion, uh, him, and uh, they go to a lot of uh, the shows, but they they make every one of SICW shows. His parents did, his brothers, his sisters did. Um, I talk to him on a weekly basis. Uh, a lot of our great fans that I keep in touch with over the Sunday night deal, they're all chomping at the bits to get back inside SICW. Uh, the workers are, uh, and and I, I'm sure that we're going to pick it up, like I said, with this new coffee table book that we're working on. Uh, the film, I think, is just going to be great. Uh, so that's all going to add to what we're going to be doing here as we move forward. 
just incredible. I know I can't wait to see what happens. Whenever you said that, my ears perked up a little bit because just uh, just the stories that, you know, my dad and I, it, it's funny because he grew up with, you know, wrestling with the chase too whenever he was a kid on Channel 11. And he just to talk to him about stuff like, hey, I just saw this on, you know, YouTube the other day. Or I just watched this. Oh, I was, I watched that. Here's where I was. And it's just, it's just great. You're a wealth of knowledge. And I can't wait to see what uh, SICW has to offer in, in the next couple of years. Cause we know everything you do is, is just phenomenal. So I can't wait. As do but I. We, ha- <laughs> we, we have, one, we have, Oh, sorry. The one, the one thing I wanted to say that I, I've also in our collection, we've got, I've got every match that ever took place at wrestling at the chase uh, are at the Keel auditorium or at the checker dome back then they kept all the matches on three by five index cards. And I've got, uh, uh, files of them uh, i can tell you every match that dick the bruiser ever had who he went against if he won he lost i can tell oh, you what wow. the, uh, uh it's it's quite a quite a collection and uh and that's uh, any wrestler that's ever wrestled in st louis i have their complete history that's incredible that is really incredible wow yeah, well, that was sam much that was sam much next collection and he gave it to larry and of course larry passed it down to me that's just that's incredible. That's that to me is oh, the only real wrestling. What I, what I'll do one day we get this uh, virus put behind us. Uh, if you guys want to, we'll uh, meet up one day and I'll show you that stuff and show you the, uh, the book. Uh, I'm totally down for that. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll stay in touch. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Well, Mr. Simmons, are you ready to slaughter Jeremy? I know you said not to put my chickens in the but they're already there. My eggs are already in the basket. I can't turn back now because then I'll look weak. Yeah, we're not going to look weak. We're we're going to do it ourselves. This is going to be a uh, a match that uh, yeah, we're going to do. Call. <laughs> That's right. Well, hardcore Hoss, hit that music and let's get the game show underway. <laughs> Welcome to this week's installment of the world-famous WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Tonight's contest is scheduled for the best two out of three falls. Our contestants are Herb Simmons and the WrestleTalk Podcast's own Jeremy Carp. In a few moments, I will ask you three questions about a particular professional wrestling topic. Whenever you think you know the answer, shout, out, shout it out. The first person to win two falls will win tonight's Game Show Challenge, and if my predictions are correct, and Mr. Simmons is up two to nothing. We're going to give him the third one to see if he can go for the clean sweep. <laughs> Tonight's Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge category is simply titled Famous Professional Wrestling Announcers. Professional wrestling announcers often give the audio soundtrack to what takes place inside the ring. I will give you information on three famous professional wrestling announcers. When you think you know who I'm talking about, shout out your answer. Does that make sense to you guys? Yes, it does. Yep. All right. Let's get our first question underway. This professional wrestler announcer has been involved in professional wrestling for almost 46 years. During this time, he has made stops in Mid-South Wrestling, the NWA. You're right. Uh Herb Simmons is up one nothing. (laughs) That was that was that was brutal. 
good friend of mine. I don't even know what to say. Drake, you've lost two in a row. Don't even get me started. I'm just saying that was like .2 seconds. That's Ferrari speeds. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> wrestling now at its finest speed. If there's anyone right, I'd lose well, to, it'd be to Herb Simmons. <laughs> well, and to me too, but we aren't going to talk about that. Okay, question two. <laughs> Known for his extreme quick wit, this 2004 Hall of Famer from the WWE. Bobby the Brain Heenan. Wow, Jeremy coming in strong, tying it up. Another great guy. Woo! Yeah. One, was one. Angry, I was not. Little, little uh, history lesson there was the only manager that ever managed for Sam Muchnick. Really? Wow. Yes. Yes. Wow, that's interesting. I'm actually making a note of that right now just because I think that's. I, I'm going to have to write that one down. That's something I did not know about. That's awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is the fall to decide it all. Question number three, are you two ready? Yes. Do this. This man has been around the professional wrestling world for 50 years as a professional wrestler and an announcer. Jerry the King Lawler. Ladies and gentlemen, we have our winner, the one and only Herb Simmons, Hardcore Hoss, <laughs> give him his music. Yep, he, he got it. DJ Khaled! Yeah. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up. And they stay there, and they stay there. Well, I was right, but I wasn't quite right. Two falls to one. That wasn't bad, Jeremy. Yeah. You hung in more than I well, thought you would have. And the reason and why, I, I, I'm glad you threw Jerry again there because I was at his 50th year anniversary match uh, here just uh, recently. Oh, in Memphis? Yes. Well, oh, it was that's actually really cool. in Tennessee, yeah, at the ballpark, oh, okay. yes. That's really yeah, cool. He just, he just celebrated. He was in a, a cage match, and uh, – Doug Gilbert was there and the Rock and Roll Express, and uh, I took uh, Tony Atlas down there. Oh, wow. That's awesome. That's really that's really neat. Well, before we go, Mr. Simmons, is there anything else that you'd like to get out to the Russell Talk family? Because it's been a pleasure. I can't wait to have this conversation again and, and to meet up with you whenever COVID's done and, and look through that library because that's just impressive. I, I look forward to it. Yeah, the the only thing I'd like to say is I'd like to thank all of my SICW fans because I know a lot of them listen to your uh, your uh, show and that uh, we are going to get back in the future here. This COVID is going to get uh, behind us, and I want everybody to be safe. Uh, and then the other thing I want to say is you guys uh, do a great job. Uh, keep those uh, hits on, keep on coming, because without you guys keeping the uh, wrestling world alive, it, it's going to die. And uh, you guys are on the right track, and I really appreciate uh, you inviting me on the show, and hopefully we'll do it again. Absolutely. Well, it was just a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much, Herb. Fine. And thank, thank you. you. And, you guys have, and, and you guys have, <laughs> you guys have a, a safe and happy Thanksgiving, too, okay? You, you as, as well. well. Thank, thank you. you. Ladies and gentlemen, the legendary Herb Simmons. Jeremy, what a treat, right? I mean, you got, first of all, the first hour, you got – Two of the, I mean, I, I don't want to say the word brilliant minds, but you had two brilliant minds with me and simply splendid Bobby C. And then you had 
the legend. I really I hold Mr. Simmons that high of a standard. He what he's done in this industry is just phenomenal. So, what are your thoughts on the show before, while we wrap up? Well, you know, you had brought up about all, you know, you hear about the wrestling Mount Rushmore's all the time and how you can make so many different combinations. I mean, I think when it comes to promoting, I mean, Herb Simmons is definitely on the promoting Mount Rushmore. He's been doing this for so long. He's always a joy to talk to. He has such a deep love for not only wrestling in general, but the wrestlers themselves and the fans. And, of course, you know, it goes without saying, the brilliant minds that you and Simply Splendid Bobby C. had tonight. I mean, I think we had a guest each up our alleys. And overall, I loved every second of it. And you're right. And you know what? And I, you know, I don't do this very often, but I'm going to suck up my pride. You proved me slightly wrong whenever you got the one on Mr. Simmons. I thought thought that was going to be a blowout, but you proved me wrong. So good job on to that, okay? Oh, I'm I'm holding on to it, and he was just, and he was a second faster than me on the Jerry Lawler one, and I'm, hey, like I said, if there's anybody I'm honored to lose to in the game show challenge, it's definitely Herb. Well, you're right. So, Jeremy, and it, I think there's, there, that's the only way we can end up this show, because that was just, we had a great, we had a great show. We had two great guests, and we had just great, great dialogue, and the fact of the matter is, you had a guest up your alley and matched your personality. I had a guess that matched my personality. We had a win-win. That's an A-plus, an A-plus. So we get ourselves yeah. more A-plus money. A-plus show all around. Oh, there you go. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Drake Lee. He's Jeremy Carp, and this has been a pleasure. Until next time, we'll see you.